pages four to eight. Well, y'all, have a seat. Tag, I guess I'm it today. They may wish they had ran back there. Mercy. And that's something. Well, if you would, I know I'm preaching on something else, but. God's led me to this passage, so turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And when you get there, please stand. 1 John chapter 1. Beginning in verse 1, the Word of God declares, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the Word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, And was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 4. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Father, we love and praise you and we thank you for this time you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come today. Thank you for our Sunday school classes and the teachers. And Lord, now, breaking of the bread of life, we thank you for the specials. But now, Lord, we pray you'll bless the breaking of the bread of life. Lord, I just pray that you'll just give me the words to say, Father, to encourage and feed your flock. And Father, my heart and my desire that if there's somebody here that needs to come forward, whatever the reason, may they have liberty to do it. Lord, we pray especially if there's one here that knows not your son and the free pardon of sin, let this be the day of salvation for them before it's eternally too late. Thank you for allowing me this privilege, this honor of sharing your word this morning. And Lord, again, have your way in our hearts this morning and in our lives. May your will be done in all of us. For it's in Christ's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. The writer of this apostle, of course, is John. 
Amen? John. And as he writes this epistle, he doesn't name any certain church or individual, but he's writing to believers. So if I was to say by a show of hands, are you a believer this morning, you'd raise your hand. Everybody here is a believer, right? You've trusted Christ as your personal Savior. Well, that's who John is addressing, you believers. And he's doing it to encourage because during that time that he wrote this letter, understand there was a lot of persecution going on. There was a lot of false doctrine being taught. And he writes this epistle to encourage the people. And if ever was a time we need encouragement, wouldn't you say we need it today in the Lord's church? We are facing things that we never saw or thought we would see. Even five years ago, two years ago, I mean, there's really some things that are coming up against the child of God in the church. So we need encouragement. But better... Yet, notice what he says here in verse 4. And we'll get back to the rest of the message. And we'll use all of the verses. But notice what he said though. And these things write we unto you. Just point your finger at yourself. He's writing this to you and I. That your joy may be full. I'm going to ask you this morning. Do you have joy? And if you do, praise the Lord, but what brings you joy? You know, as a believer, as a born-again child of God, every single one of us, even though we face lots of problems, trials, but every single one of us should have joy. And our joy just shouldn't be according to, well, today it's not as bad as it was yesterday, so I've got a little joy. No, Our joy should always be full. Amen. Amen. And when we as believers aren't walking around with a heart full of joy and thanksgiving for what God has done for us, then we're not where we need to be in our walk with Christ. There shouldn't be any of us holding our head down this morning. You say, well, you don't understand. I've lost my spouse. No, I've not lost my spouse. I may not understand, but I know where your spouse is if you trusted the Lord. And yes, I know it takes a little getting used to being by yourself, but understand, you're not by yourself. The Lord is with you, and so is God's people. And you're not going to be alone. And one of these days soon, we're going to be gathered to our loved ones. Amen? Well, you don't understand. I've been sick for a long time. Maybe I don't understand. I think I do because I've been hurting for a while now with this old knee. Every day. Last two and a half, three years. When it's really bothered me. And I've dealt with it. And I'll be, I understand pain. It plays on the mind. Amen. But listen, I should still remember 
what I have in Christ and who I am in Christ. And that, you know what? God gives me the grace. I may have to take ibuprofen, but God gives me grace. And by the way, it keeps me humble. Any trial we go through, it humbles us, right? So this morning I want to speak to you about our joy not being just today's okay, today's better than it was yesterday. I'm talking about full joy. And John, as he addresses this epistle, is writing to believers on how to have full joy. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. So go back up to verse 1. Notice how he begins this letter. And by the way, this letter, this epistle that he wrote, this is John, the beloved. You know, the gospel of John, the same writer, this is him. How do I know? Well, if you ever read the gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was who? The word. And the word was? There you go. In the beginning. How does he start this? That which was from the beginning. So we know it's him. Amen. Which we have heard. Now, again, back then believers were under persecution. There was false teaching. There was all kinds of things going on. And some of the believers were scattered. Because of the persecution. But John is writing this epistle to encourage them. And what he's saying is this. That which was from the beginning which we have heard. What he's trying to encourage them is listen. This isn't some new religion. This religion just didn't start on the day of Pentecost by a bunch of lunatics. This is the gospel that has been delivered to us. And we have delivered to you. Listen. God has always been. He always will be. He is. Someone that's eternal that you don't have to worry about. You can depend on him. And beloved, even though the world comes against us, even though there's times, and if we're honest, by the way, you are to be honest. You don't feel like you're going anywhere, you're struggling. What's the use? Understand. God loves you, and he's right there with you. Don't quit on God. And what John is trying, he says, hey, that which was from the beginning. Understand, we serve an eternal God. We serve the living and true God, and nothing the world or the devil can ever do can change that fact. Our God is real. Amen. So, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, understand, John and the other apostles, for three and a half years, they were with the Savior. They sat at his feet. They heard him teach. 
They saw the miracles performed. And John was one of the, well, the Bible says he was the apostle that Jesus loved. You say, oh, Jesus shows favorites. No, he doesn't. It's just John was willing to put all of himself into serving the master. And because of it, he was rewarded. You know what? John, who got the Lord's attention, everybody says, well, he must have been a favorite. He must have did this, this, and this. You and I have the same opportunity and privilege to be just like John if we would be willing to sacrifice ourselves, if we'd be willing to submit to the Savior, if we'd be willing to serve the Lord like John did. Now, John also sat at his feet. John saw the miracles. John heard the teaching. John was at Calvary the day Jesus died on the cross. John was the first one to the tomb on the third day. And he found it empty. You see, John is bearing witness that, hey, who the Lord says he is, he is. And you and I, even though we suffer persecution, we go through trials, the Lord is who he says he is. We can trust him. Now, notice what he said. He said, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in our hands, and have handled of the water life. Verse 2, for the life was manifested... And we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life. You see, what John is saying is this. Listen, I was there, I witnessed, I saw with my own eyes, I beheld, and I have an obligation to share what Jesus did for me. And if he did it for me, he's writing this epistle to encourage the believers that if Jesus did this for me, he can do it for you. And beloved, understand this morning that we are also obligated to tell those that don't know Christ as their personal Savior what Jesus can do for them. We're obligated. And by the way, we should want to tell them. Because if he did it for us, guess what? He can do it for them. And not only that, he will if they come to him. Amen? So understand, that's what he's saying here. He's, hey, I can't be quiet. I have to share what the Lord did for me. And I'm going to tell you something about what the Lord did for me. And no, I'm not going to take you through some long, you know my testimony. But I'll tell you this. Since I've been saved, speaking of the Lord, since I have been saved, I have witnessed with my own eyes how the Lord has saved lost sinners and changed those lives 
And guess what? You won't tell me that he's not real. You can't tell me that he can't save because I, just like John, have witnessed it myself. No, I've not seen him with these eyes, but I have seen him move in the life of people. One day I will behold him with eyes. And I will see him, Brother Ciro, just like he is. And you know what? I'm going to be like him. No, I'm not going to have scars in my hands because only Jesus died for my sins. Only Jesus was the perfect lamb. But it's because of his sacrifice that I'm going to be with him. And so are you if you've trusted the Lord. And that's basically what John is trying to get across in this epistle to the believers there. Talking about joy. We should have joy. Amen. If you're going to heaven, say amen. amen. Good deal. Notice. For the life was manifested, we've seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Now look at verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Church, child of God. We have a responsibility to declare the gospel to everyone as God gives us opportunity. Amen? Now, I know this. Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes, well, I don't know really what to say. I get tongue-tied. Well, so do I every Sunday. But all you do is share what Jesus did for you. You can take lots of evangelism courses, and they'll help. And there's nothing wrong with that. Anybody that takes one, fine. But I've learned in all my years, the best way to share Jesus is just tell people what Jesus did for you. Hey, I used to be a big drunk, and the Lord delivered me from that. He saved me. Clean me up, I'm changed forever. And if he did that for me, he can do that for you. That's pretty much what he's talking about. He's talking about sharing the gospel. And when we share the gospel and someone that does come to the saving knowledge of Christ, you lead someone to the Lord, there's not a better feeling in the world. Talking about joy, Brother Dave. That's the best one, brother. Now notice what he says here. Now, we're talking, your joy may be full, right? That's the theme here. You want to know how your joy is to be full? There's two things. Look at verse 3. It has the answer. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have what? Fellowship with us. So, if you are looking for full joy, then you must have fellowship with other believers, us. Don't everybody get excited. You mean we have to serve with, yeah, you got to serve with me, bless your heart. 
You have to have fellowship with me. Bless you. Well, I don't like you. I'm sorry. But if you want full joy, you have to worship and have fellowship with me. Right? And not only that, look at what he says. That you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with who? The Father. So if I want my joy to be full, then I must have fellowship with other believers and I must have fellowship with the Father. If I have those two things, then I can have fellowship. That's full. But there's other things that will help us because everybody asks the question, okay, well, how can I have that fellowship with other believers and how can I have that fellowship with the Father? Well, I'm glad you asked. And it's not a long, long list. But there's certain things that you and I can do that will make our joy full. Amen? And everybody wants to be full of joy. Hadn't you rather be joyful than to be depressed, angry, and bitter? I want the fullness of Christ. I want the joy that only He can give. Listen, men try all manners of things from the world to bring them satisfaction, to bring them peace, to bring them joy. And guess what? They're never going to obtain that peace and that joy until they trust Jesus as their Savior. And then they'll realize that it ain't those things that bring joy and peace. It is the person, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <coughs> so what are ways you and I can have full joy? Well, first of all, let me ask you a question. What is your passion? What motivates you? What is it that you don't mind putting your time and yourself into? What is your passion? Again, some would say, well, my job. Listen, we all have to work, don't we? But it shouldn't come before the Lord. Well, my, my family. Hey, God wants us to love our family. He wants us out there to provide for them and care for them. But that shouldn't come before the Lord. Well, my football team. That's my passion. Here we go. Right? San Francisco. Uh, I like my Niners. But I'm not going to put them before the Lord. If they make it to the Super Bowl, I assure you, I will not stay home from church. A lot of people will. You're right. But that's why the Lord gave us DVRs, huh? But I'm not going to stay home. Do you understand? Don't get me wrong. It, I, I love football. I, it's my favorite sport. I just... Something about it. But understand, the, the devil has taken that and he's run with it and people have become fanatical about it. And I'm talking about Christians. 
where they've literally lost their mind and they stopped serving God that one Sunday for sure a week. I mean, a year. Just stopped. Churches closed the door. Some churches, oh, we'll have a little devotional and at halftime, but everybody just come and watch a game. At church, I don't think so. But my point is, what is your passion? Beloved, believer, your passion should always be Christ. Your passion should always be pleasing the Lord. So how can I and what can I do so that my joy is full? Number one, first of all, you should have a passion about prayer. You know what's sad? Prayer is the mightiest tool that we as believers have. And it's probably sad to say, Brother Ciro, the least one that we use. And I'll ask you a question. How is your prayer life? Do you pray every day? Or do you just pray when there's a need? You see, if you're going to have joy that is full and complete in Christ, then you must spend time in prayer. Amen? And sad to say, we don't pray like we should. That's right, sister. But you got to pray. Not just when the need arises. Understand. God wants to hear from you, Brother Dave. He wants to hear from me, Mom, Sister Val. He wants to hear from all of us. So we should pray every day and we should make it a passion. Second thing is the Word of God. See, we should be willing Just as we wait or the Lord waits to hear from us, we need to understand that he's waiting to speak to us through his word. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we are to study God's word and we are to feed upon God's word. And if you truly want your joy to be full, then you should have a passion for the word of God. I think it's Jeremiah. I think. I'm not sure. But the word says that oh, it's Joshua. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. It's Joshua. Joshua. Just in case you don't know it, that's in the Old Testament, y'all. Just in case. Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 8. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So how important is it study the Bible. If you want to have a joy that's full, you'll spend time in prayer and you'll spend time in the Word of God. Not just every now and then. It should be every day. Amen? Every day. You say, well, I don't have time. I work. I take care of my kids. I do. You can make time. You just need to prioritize. Amen. What is more important? So, your passion should be about prayer, should be about studying the Word of God, but it also needs to be about worship. Notice he's talking about fellowshipping with other believers and fellowshipping with the Father. Well, the way we do that is through worship. In the Lord's church. Amen. Now we're going to read a couple Psalms. You all know Hebrews. Where it tells us. Hebrews 10.25. Not to forsake the assembling. Of ourselves amongst the brethren. But go to. Psalm. 84. And verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Go to Psalms 27. Psalm 27. Look at verse 4. One thing... Have I desired of the Lord? That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One more psalm. Psalm 122.1 And I was glad... When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You want your joy full? Then come to church. Amen. Come to church when the doors are open as you have opportunity. Come to church. Don't put things or others ahead of worshiping the Lord. You'll get mad at what I'm fixing to say, but you'll just have to get mad. I want you to understand, we love our family, and we love our friends, and if they come to town to visit us, you don't stop coming to church because, well, they don't want to go. Leave them at the house, say, we'll be back. I'm a child of God, I have to worship God. If they don't understand it, they just don't understand it. 
but be a witness. And I've been guilty of that. Before, when we first got saved, we'd have family come in and wait, well, we don't want to offend them. The Lord told me and showed me what's more important. So I want to encourage you. But not just when family and friends come in. Don't put your oxes in a ditch on Sunday morning. Well, I need to change a tire, but I'm so tired today, I don't want to do it. I'll wait till the Lord's day to do it. Are you crazy? Do you want another flat? Hey, God's going to get your attention one way or another. But we like to put our ox in the ditch. Well, you know, this week's been tough. I'm just going to take today off and then Lord's Day, I'll, I'll do my thing. He, it's just once ever blue moon. He'll understand. No, we've read he doesn't want us forsaking the assembly. And when it comes to worship, there is a proper way I'll get in trouble to worship. You know, when y'all come through those doors, and myself included, do you know when we come through those doors, the world's supposed to be left out of there. We are supposed to have our hearts prepared for worship. Well, how do I do that? Well, pray. Every morning when you get up on Sunday morning before church, before you get ready, while you're having your breakfast, say a prayer. Open the Word of God and prepare yourself for worship. Amen? So, he says that. How else? What's my compassion? What's my passion? What, what, what else can I do to have joy that's full? You can put yourself out there and not just take up space on a pew. In other words, there's things you can do. Make yourself Available, serving the Lord. You say, well, I can't teach. You don't have to. Well, I can't preach. You're not called. You don't want to preach. Well, I can't do a whole lot, but you can be faithful. And you can say, well, I can't do this or that, but you know what? If we need to mop the floors in the bathrooms, I can do that. I need to sleep to sweep the foyer. I can do that. If one of the teachers needs me to make copies for them. I can do that. My point is, we can serve the Lord actively. And if you want your joy to be full, then you've got to actively make yourself available to serve God. Lots of folks think they can't do something, but if they would just act upon it and do it, they might find out, hmm, I can. By the way, just so I don't leave you hanging, the Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now what does all things mean? Said sister. All. That means anything that I do in service to the Lord for His glory, God's going to give me the ability to do it. You believe that? Amen. So, 
verse 4. Go back. And these things write unto you that your joy may be See, John was wanting other believers to have what he had. You see, John had a life of joy that was full. It abounded. It was complete. And the the secret was because he had fellowship with other believers, us and the Father. And because we have fellowship with others and the Father makes us have fellowship with the Son. Turn, I think it's Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. I know it's Colossians. Turn over there. If we have to search a little bit, we'll search. I know it's Colossians. Oh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Yep, it's Colossians 1. Look at verse 10. It says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto what? All pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience, long-suffering, and what? Joyfulness. Now think about that just for a second. Do you want your joy to be full? Sure we do. All of us. I mean, if ever was a time we needed joy in our lives, it's now. But I'm going to tell you, Things are getting bad and they're going to get a lot worse before Jesus comes back. Might as well get ready. But notice what he said. Walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing. Read your Bible. Study. Share the gospel. Worship him. Go to church. Notice. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with what joyfulness there you go how do i have joy First of all, we know who he is. Knowing him is enough to bring us joy. Knowing that it ain't just some fable, some tale. I think it's Paul. No, maybe it's, I think it's Peter. Go to, uh, 
Let me turn over there. For, I think it's either first or second Peter. Maybe. Let me see. Okay, just a second. Maybe it's. Thank you, brother. I need all the help I can get, y'all. Well, I need to go to Second Peter, huh? I still in First Peter. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. Amen. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were what? Eyewitnesses. Again, no, my eyes have never beheld him. I've never seen him raise the dead, heal the lame, restore sight to the blind. I've never seen that with my own eyes but I believe it and I know it and I have seen what he's done with an old sinner, depraved, headed to hell and by God's grace and mercy through the act of faith that sinner places in him and his atonement on the cross, I have seen him miraculously change that life. And make that life that was dead in sins and trespasses alive. So, no, it's not an old fable, is it, brother? Not an old tale. It's the truth. And yes, you and I that seen the Lord move in a life are eyewitnesses to it. Amen? So, we know who he is. If you know who he is, you should have joy. If you've got joy, praise God. But from now on, you might wake up tomorrow morning and say, well, I felt pretty good last night, yesterday, but today, well, I feel that way every Monday. Amen? Understand something. If I want my joy to be full, then I've got to work a little bit. Got to pray. That should be my passion. That's how you start your day off. I should want to be in the Word of God. I should want to worship the Lord. I should want to come to church and be with my brothers and sisters. And I should want to make myself available anywhere God would want to use me. And if I do those things every day, I'm not going to be able to help myself. I am going to have joy that's full. And that's what we want. Amen. Now, maybe you're here. Everybody told me you're going to heaven. Everybody pretty much said you're saved. And praise the Lord if you are. Praise God. That's my prayer and that's my desire for you. I know it's the Lord's desire for you to be saved for you to go to heaven but listen to me maybe you're here and you may not be and the reason you don't have joy is because you don't know the Savior that's a big reason that a lot of people don't have joy because they don't know the Savior so if you're here 
and you're not saved, come to the one that can give you joy, that can give you peace, that can give you everlasting life. He's here to save you if you'll only come. Maybe you're here, you're saved, and you're struggling. Listen, we all struggle in our walk with the Lord. There's no one sitting here that hasn't struggled in some area in their service. If you need help, why not come and ask the Lord for strength and help? Nothing wrong with it. Listen, I have to admit to you, I'm weak. Are you weak? Are you weak? I'm weak. I need strength. And I need the Lord's help every single day. Well, you're a preacher. You should. Every preacher I know that's worth his weight is humble and realizes that they're nothing apart from the Lord and that they need help every day from the Lord. So many people want to put us preachers on a pedestal. We're superhuman Christians. Hooey fooey. I put my pants on just like you do. I'm just a sinner saved by grace whom God saved and placed a call on my life to be a messenger of his word. Now, I know what a call is. And I know I have been called. But understand something. When the Lord looks at me, he doesn't see me any better than you or you. He sees us exactly as his child. And by the way, even though he's not a respecter of persons, and he's not, he's going to hold us preachers more accountable than just you believers. It scares me to death. So do you have joy this morning? And is it full? Is it complete? It's something we need to all work on every day. If you're under the sound of my voice and don't know the Savior, come. He will save you.